Welcome to the Turner Road Bible Chapel podcast, encouraging and equipping Christians to grow in their walk with Christ. We should do children's work, we should do home Bible studies, we should do very small group Bible studies, um, we should have personal witness, uh, we should have good preaching, we should have different kinds of children's outreaches, vacation Bible school and kids clubs and, and all those kinds of things. And uh, I think by doing all of that, we will see uh, we will see people getting saved. And we have seen we've seen probably 40 people saved in the last 10, 12, 13 years. This is the Turner Bible Chapel podcast. I'm your host, Ben Davies. Well, we're here. Part six, our final episode in our series with David Dunlop talking about his upcoming book, No Little Places. Pour your life into serving God in a small church. Some of Jesus' final words were go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Arguably one of the toughest assignments we as Christians have. In our final episode of the series, we're going to talk about how a small assembly can reach the community for Christ. Last last topic, um, we find this challenging, and, and I'll, I'll admit uh, this last topic of evangelism. You, you mentioned door-to-door evangelism, and that actually kind of, uh, it piqued my interest, because I'm a chicken. I don't like this kind of thing. Um, I know in the in the times that I've done it, I've always been careful to like bring somebody who has more boldness than I do, yeah. or... Um, only show up with a flyer and hurry up and hit every mailbox before anybody sees me, that kind of thing. Right, right, right. right, right. But reaching the loss uh, is challenging. And I think for many of us, and I'll put myself into this, it's a lot It's a lot easier to pray that God would just fill the pews uh, than to go out and bring people in. In this day and age, how can small assemblies of Effectively reach the community and and kind of bringing into this topic of uh, bringing into this question the topic of door-to-door evangelism you speak about this still being effective there's lots who would stand in line to argue with that and say no door-to-door evangelism no longer works um, so one how can we reach the community especially in a small assembly and two what argument would you give for the skeptic saying you know what that is a mode of evangelism for years gone by. Well, let's just think for a minute about about evangelism as, as a whole. I, I think our goal should not be primarily how to fill the pews. So that's the first thing. But our motivation should be go out and reach people for the Lord. We have a neighbor who's been saved and baptized, doesn't come out regularly, does come to some youth activities, but doesn't come out to church. But she is saved. And I can... I can. Uh, she comes to a home Bible study in our home every week, every Wednesday. But she doesn't come regularly to the church. Her husband's not saved. There's a number of factors for that. But um, and he's coming along, and he has come to some Bible studies. But I don't think we need to be in a super big rush. I mean, it's nice to have them come. We want to have them come to gather with us as believers. But we have to watch that we don't. That's not our solid first goal. Our first goal is to see them saved. First goal is to see them grow. As they get saved and grow, they're going to seek out church fellowship eventually. So I think one of the principles is is that we 
go into all the world and and be a witness and disciple and teach and I will be with you. So the Lord tells us for us to go. He says in Acts chapter 1 verse 8, you shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea and the uttermost parts of the world. So we have to go out to people. We go out to our neighbors. We go out. The Lord doesn't say, now you stay in your church building and we're going to bring people into you. That you, I don't think he even says, you have a program, I'm going to bring people into that program. There's a principle that we have to go out to them. We have to be a witness to our entire community. And I think one of the only ways to do that is go out to them. Now, there's a number of different ways to do that, and I'm not saying the only way is uh, door-to-door evangelism. One of the eggs we put in our basket, but it's not the only thing. And we do it every year, but it's not the only thing that we do. Now, when we go door-to-door, we do it a number of different ways. But one of the ways we always do it for vacation Bible school. We go and knock on doors. That's in, that's in, for, for someone that described you, can you describe yourself? Uh, it's easy to go and invite children to a church program. It's the easiest thing we can do, and it's the most responsive thing we can do. Uh, kids, parents want kids to have some activity. Uh, they may be going to another church, maybe not. Maybe they grew up at a church. That's easy. We're going to have vacation Bible school. We've got Bible lessons. We've got some activities, crafts. Uh, there's some refreshments. We'd like to invite you to come to them. It does a couple of things, even if they don't come. We give them a brochure with our with our address on it and where we are located, what our name is. We're Land Lakes Bible Chapel. We're on this street. We're right here. We have a little map on the flyer. Uh, it gives us name recognition. They drive past that church. Oh, yeah, I remember that guy who came to my door, said he's from Land Lakes Bible Chapel. That's where that thing is. Uh, and they may meet somebody again. We go every year. And uh, we used to begin in the early days when we were small. We are uh, smaller. We're still small, but we're smaller. We used to do 300 houses uh, on the Friday before Friday night before vacation Bible school would begin on Monday night, and um, and we would do 300 300 houses. Um, we had 300 flyers, and we probably had 15 to 17 people that would come out and do that. If we did it, if they all came out, we could do it in an hour, and we used to always go for go to Dairy Queen afterwards, so it was a little, little motivation. So we did that. Then we started doing 500, I think last time we did actually 1,000 houses. Now, not a small percentage come, but a percentage of those that we reach out to do come. So it's one of the ways that we do that. It's good to go out. We we do that for very, we, we, we do it a couple of different times. But if you're inviting someone to vacation Bible school, if you're having a home Bible study and you do 50 houses on a number of streets, that's very effective. You're having some kind of program, uh, that's very effective to go out to people and do that. Um, so I think it's, it's, I think it's the only way to reach our community. It's the only way to reach every house, every person. There's no way. You know, a half of, I don't know, a tenth of one percent are ever going to walk into your building uh, of your community. I just read about our town. When I moved here 25 years ago, we had uh, we had 5,000 people living in Atlanta Lakes. I just read in the newspaper, local paper, we have 112,000 people that live here in the adjacent town. It's grown in 25 years from five to 112,000 people. Uh, it's, it's, it's crazy in the growth. How do we reach those people? Well, you can't do it by waiting for them to come into your uh, in, into your church building. You've got to go out to them. You do it through children's meetings. 
You do it through outreach. You do it through door to door. If you have the ability for having a gospel team come into your area, and we've had Genom and other gospel teams, we always take advantage of that. Always. If I hear of someone anywhere near Florida that's doing some gospel work as a team, I invite them to come. And we get them in homes or whatever. Uh, last year, we had them for two weeks. We've had teams over the years, not every year by any means, but we have had them um, five, six times uh, and getting out getting out in the community one way or another. Of course, you can't go into gated communities. There's so many ways that, you, that, that you're hindered, but you do get out. And we, I have talked to people, and I've said to them, I'm from Lionel Lakes Bible Chapel, oh, you're the church that, that invited me, my kids to vacation Bible school. Uh, you're the church that, you know, did this or did that or, or so forth. So it's good to have that name recognition. So, But I think uh, door-to-door is one means. Inviting the children's programs are one means. But I think the most effective means, and we've seen the most people saved and come into fellowship, uh, is through home Bible studies or in, 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 in small group Bible studies. It doesn't always have to be in a home. It can be in a restaurant with one, two, or three people. We have a neighbor that's gotten saved one-to-one. At one time, another neighbor came. Uh, she moved away, but right now, one, my wife meets with one lady, and she has gotten saved, and she's, she's grown through that. Uh, we invite her husband to come to a home Bible study as well, and he's come before the coronavirus. Uh, he also came, and we've had uh, up to 16 people come into our home Bible study from the neighborhood. One of the best ways, and we've seen people getting saved. We've seen neighbors on one side of us get saved, a family on the other side. And I think one of the best tools are home Bible studies, Bible studies in restaurants, and a place like Panera Bread where you can stay, stay there all night long drinking co- a cup of coffee after a cup of coffee. So I think that's a great. Right now we have about five Bible studies that go on outside of the church building. And we see people come in. I saw a man come in Wednesday night. I said, uh, you know, how did you get here? And I have, you know, somebody invites you. He said, I was at Panera and having a cup of coffee. And I saw three guys having a Bible study and, and they invited me to sit down. So, so he came and then he came out to the, the chapel. Uh, I've seen people saved. I've seen people come out through home Bible studies and simple going through the book of Romans, going through a book, using some material sometimes. Uh, I like using, uh, Christianity Explored. Uh, Mark and Bible Chapel uses that effectively. We use it. We've seen people saved through it. So, I would say ladies' Bible studies, one-to-one Bible studies. We have a, a, an individual that is deaf. He has a deaf Bible study. So different means reaching out with people through that, through home Bible studies, very, very effective. I would encourage every church, every assembly to have some of that. We have our regular meetings. We have our Wednesday night meeting. We have our Sunday. But we have these home Bible studies Outside the hall, uh, outside the church building, uh, during the week. Now, when you talk about these Bible studies, one of the things that sounds unusual is, uh, to me, is these are unsaved people coming. Some are half and half, I'd say. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, we don't have Panera Bread, but we do have Tim Hortons, and that's yeah, like a, okay. that's like a cult in Canada. So there's always okay. always people okay. there, but. Yeah. How do you, I'm just asking on a practical sense, how do you convince an unsaved person, um, for those listening who may have people in their family and friend circles, 
We would think going to an unsaved person and saying, hey, we're having a Bible study would be the worst way to try to get anyone to come to anything. Um, so I'm not arguing with it as much as I'm saying, tell us how you've done it, because it obviously is more effective than we would assume it is. All different ways. Now, when, you have, when you're a neighbor, it's like I think it's super easy. You know, uh, you have a relation with a neighbor. Uh, in one case, we got to know them. They moved in, and uh, our kids did a little babysitting. We got a relationship with them, and we said to me, Thursday nights, we have a Bible study. You're welcome to come. And she came. The wife came. And then later on, brought the kids. They were young at that time. And later on, we did a Christian Explorer. We invited her husband to come. Uh, we had contact with a Filipino lady. Um, I would say this, those who are immigrants to your community are much more open to coming to your Bible study, home Bible study or a restaurant Bible study than others. She happens to be Filipino. The other family is not immigrant background. Uh, <clears throat> but uh, we talk to them and have a little bit of conversation with them. And and, uh, and so we invite, Faith invited her to a home Bible study. My wife invited her, and so she came. And she got saved, and she invited a neighbor across the street to come, who was from Mexico, and she came. And uh, and so, and we've invited a lot of people, not all of them come, but uh, some do come. It's easy to do a one-on-one Bible study. And you talk a little bit about the kids, you talk about a number of different things, and you get into a Bible study for a, a half an hour, 35, 40 minutes, and you have some prayer together. And a one-to-one Bible study, uh, you never know what that's going to turn into. And in the case on the one side of us, not the Filipino lady, the other side, the husband, wife, and the three kids have gotten saved. You invite people, some come, some don't come. You have a one-on-one, it's easy to invite a second person. If they come, they do, if they don't. You know, and, and you continue on having a study. So um, you also, we also invite any, uh, to our study that we did in our home, and it was every two weeks. It was a little larger study, and we would have a, a simple meal together, and some people brought food. We would invite what I would say those who are not regular all the time people coming. They were kind of, uh, I wouldn't call them nominal. Uh, I didn't know their background. I, I guess I would say I didn't know they were clearly saved. There are people I did not know were clearly saved and knew the gospel message while they were coming. So I invited those people, neighbors, and one or two. We had one other good, solid family that would come to. So we, we had that. And to be honest, though, the unsaved people did more talking and answering questions than, than others. I invite people who say they're Christians but aren't really Christians. You'll find that. Uh, quite a bit. So it's a way for them to hear the gospel, clearly explain, discuss the gospel, and uh, you'd be surprised. Uh, sometimes you might only have one person. My wife's had her study, and she's had up to three, sometimes two, sometimes one. Right now it's one person. Uh, but that person has gotten saved and baptized. Hmm. So um, so that's what we do. We invite people, and uh, we look around. And you, you think, oh, let's, let's invite that person and let's invite that couple and that family. Sometimes they come once or twice. Sometimes they don't come all the time, but it might not be the same group every time you meet together. Uh, but 80 or 70% are, are the same. Um, so that's what we do. Uh, I would say that is really the most effective way doing it. And I don't know about Canada. Uh, we, we live down in the Bible belt, you know, in Florida. It's a little baby of a different, 
uh, area. But our our town, we've got a lady from 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 uh, the Philippines married to a man from Haiti, who lives next to her to a woman from Mexico, who lives next to a man from Puerto Rico. I mean, he's married. He's he's a Spanish speaker in Puerto Rico. She's from Mexico. So we've got all this international type people all around us. Although English is your main main uh, speaking language, not their first language, but their speaking language. And we sat at a picnic. We had a baptism picnic. I sat at a table and I said, well, she's from the Philippines. He's from India. He's from Puerto Rico. He's um, from Iran. We had we had eight different nationalities around the table at the picnic, the, 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 the table I was at. So you, you have these different kinds of people. Sometimes you're seeking friends uh, and friendship. And um, you just see how it goes, and you you do your study. You, you need to be someone who's flexible, someone you know who could do a home study. Not everybody. You can have great Bible teachers who can't do a home Bible study. I have discovered, uh, and people who can lead a home Bible study can't do can't do speaking at the church. Uh, probably, we probably talk too much, right? When you get in a home study. no, they just don't feel uncom- they don't feel comfortable that people are interrupting all the time and asking them questions. <laughs> They've got like their content. They're gonna 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 do their thing. And but let me ask you this question. I remember one time I was speaking about Abraham and Isaac, a wonderful passage that we would speak all the time, and we probably say it all over over and over again. A lady says, "I think that's horrible." I mean, God told Abraham to kill his son. That's horrible. Why would you say to do that? Now, the person who is the preacher who preaches all the time, he's like, well, like he's caught off guard by that. Yeah. Like, how do I answer that? What do I say? I, 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 I preach on this passage a hundred times and no one ever said that. But when you, when you have a home Bible study, you get all that kind of stuff and not everybody's comfortable in that. So you get, uh, you know, good, good questions that kind of stretch you sometimes. Now that's a person who got saved and their husband got saved. Now let me move on to why door to door evangelism uh, is effective and why should be done today. First of all, uh, I don't know in your community, but in our community, we have people from restaurants coming door to door. We have politicians that come door to door. We've got businesses that are beginning to open. They go, they hire somebody to go door to door to hand you a flyer or a hand you, tell you about their business, their restaurant, give you a coupon, give you, you know, something where you can get 10% off if you come to that restaurant. And they're going door to door. They're going to every house in that community or in our community because they realize that's the best way. They might do mass mailings, but the best way is to get to every single door. The only way to get to every single person is to go to every single house. And uh, they want to do that. They, they may realize if you have something, an ad in the newspaper, you might go to 50,000 houses, but people don't read it. But if you're going to that house, it's more effective. So you find businesses, you find politicians, uh, you find restaurants saying door to door is something that's effective. I, I think, too, it's the only way that we can go out into all the world. It's the only way that we can obey that command to go. It's not the only thing we do, but it's one of the ways we we reach everyone. At least we contact every house in one way or another. We might leave something, but we're going to every house, uh, at least in the surrounding of our chapel. We don't go to the entire 112,000 people, but we um, we go in the area that we are located. I think it does work. 
you reach a family, you might give them gospel tracts, you might have a conversation. And I do find that people have come out and have gotten saved and have visited and have come to a home Bible study by going door to door and and contacting people. But I want to share something as far as statistics are concerned and give you one closing argument of why it's good. In 1950, there were 375,000 churches in North America. In 2015, 2015, 65 years later, a third less. In 1915, there were 500,000. 1950 years later from that, there was half of those. Well, there was 375. And now, 100 years later, there's half of what there used to be. Now, there could be various reasons for that, the changing demographics, people moving to cities from rural areas and so forth, but still it's a decrease. It's a dramatic decrease. Of those 250,000 churches today in North America, 200,000 are stagnant or dying, 80% are stagnant or dying. Now, these statistics come from a ministry called Walking in the Word by James McDonald. Yep. He's the founder of Harvest Bible Chapel Churches and also uh, Francis Schaefer Institute. They're the ones that did all this, this research. They write 4,000 churches, close their doors every year. 3,500 people leave the church every single day. In the Southern Baptist churches, Southern states, but all the largest a Protestant denomination, 46,000 churches. 80% of those churches see zero or one person saved or baptized in the 12 to 29-year-old millennial age group. So you, you've got some really, you see decrease. You see tremendous decrease. So some would see those statistics and say, well, that's just the way our world is today. It's a very secular, very materialistic. Uh, there's no, the people aren't interested in, in that. So that's the way it is. We just have to have to accept that and so forth. But the one group, I'm not call a Christian group, the one group that is growing in, in a pretty high numbers, it's not a Christian group, but it's the Jehovah Witnesses. Now the Jehovah Witnesses, they primarily, their primary means of outreach is door-to-door evangelism. Yeah. Everybody knows that. They all know that. That's all that they do. I don't know if they have children's clubs or awanas or anything like that. I don't think they do that as far as as I know. They just do door-to-door. That's all. Everybody does it and that's what they do. Now, some statistics that they produced. Okay. So these are their own statistics. Whether it's accurate or not, we're not sure. But um, in 1947, they reached one million followers worldwide, not North America, but worldwide. Uh, today, so today, 65 years later, same, same time frame as the evangelical church. Today, there are 20 million Jehovah's Witnesses worldwide. 80% of those are in North America. 19,950. There is one Jehovah Witness for every 249 people in North America. Now, their growth rate is 16%. That is like nine times larger than any evangelical group 
most evangelical groups are in decline. There, there's one or two that grow at 1% or 2%. Critics will say they grow at 2.2%, but if they grow at 2.2%, that's faster than evangelical group. They say they grow at a, a growth rate of 16%. Now, they go door to door, that's all they do, and they are growing in a phenomenal rate. Now, I want to give you one more statistic. So they go door to door, and they have one reason to go door to door. They don't really want to see that person immediately come to the gospel hall. They want to do one thing, have a Bible study. They want to come back into that home and have a Bible study. So one-to-one or one elder of the Jehovah Witnesses with the family or whatever it may be or a neighbor, but they want to have a Bible study. Uh, They want to have one Bible study. When they come back, they want to ask that person, can we have just one? Can we come back? and have a discussion. Now, their statistics say that the Jehovah Witnesses, they hold every month nine and a half million Bible studies by going door to door every Saturday. They have every month nine and a half million Bible studies. Now, I don't know that all of evangelical uh it must work to have a one-to-one Bible study. It must work to go door-to-door and ask people if they want to have a Bible study. It seems to work to have that Bible study in their home, in the person you're visiting's home. But we would, I don't think all evangelical groups together would have nine and a half million Bible studies, but they do that. And so that's one of my arguments. I think it does work. We don't work hard enough at it. No, Jehovah's Witnesses do work hard at it. So I think it does work. I think we need to work at it. And I have seen it work to some degree, and I have to say I don't work as hard as I should at it, but we do see some moderate success with it. So I would argue something we should we should throw in our our, our basket of of uh, evangelistic efforts, and we should do children's work, we should do home Bible studies, we should do very small group Bible studies, um, we should have personal witness, uh, we should have good preaching which have different kinds of children's outreaches, vacation Bible school and kids clubs and, and all those kinds of things. And uh, I think by doing all of that, we will see uh, we will see people getting saved. And we have seen we've seen probably 40 people saved in the last 10, 12, 13 years. Probably of those 40, about 35 have been baptized. So it, we do see some Now we don't we don't see nearly what I would love to see. But we do see people saved, and I know some that say we've never seen a person saved in 15 years, never had a baptism in 15 years. We don't even have, we've, we haven't done a vacation Bible school in, in 10 years. Carry on, but we don't do those things. So I think if we begin to do some of those things, we'll begin to see, as we begin to penetrate more into our community, we'll see people saved. Is it easy? No, I think it is hard. I think we live in a secular, materialistic age, but people do get saved. There is need, and uh, it may be a little harder than it was 20, 30 years ago, but I do think as we begin to penetrate the community, people will come to faith uh, in Christ. So those are some thoughts about evangelism. Well, the nice thing, too, for us as Christians is uh, we actually have the Spirit of God, which yes. you would think should count for something as an yes. advantage over a, a group that does not. So Absolutely. those are encouraging things. Well, one last I want, about yeah, what, go ahead. 
uh, uh, door to door that just uh, just came to mind. Um, the ministry, there's a ministry called Operation Mobilization, and they are in 45 different countries. I don't know how many, maybe a thousand or 1,500 people. They have summer teams that go out, and one of the main things they do is they go door to door. And um, they go door to door and contacting people, and they have some other ministries too, some open air preaching. But one of the main things they do when they go into a European country or a, uh, whatever country they're in, one of the main things they do is they go door to door. I spent a summer with them, and I remember doing it with them. And, and we saw people saved that summer, and I think they continue to see people saved. And your point is very good. We have the Spirit of God. And the word of God uh, does not return void. We give our tracts and gospel Johns and all of that kind of thing. And um, we, we see the Lord working in people's lives. We need to have patience. It may take some time, but uh, it does take, take uh, we do see people saved. So it's an encouragement to do some of those things. Oh, we've covered a lot. One of the things that uh, as I've been thumbing my way through this book that you've been working on is that one, I want to say thanks for going through all of these topics. They're incredibly helpful. And it, as I've walked myself through the book, it seems that you're getting across uh, very clearly is uh, maybe instead of sitting around and wondering why nothing good is happening at the small assembly or why it's dying, um, look inside and say, what does God have me to do here? And you do a very good job of giving us some things we actually can do. It's encouraged me. It's uh, I think there's a lot of reasons as you read through this to say, okay, there's, there's a lot of good things to be excited about and a lot of work that God's still willing to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the question just becomes, are we willing to Thanks for listening to the TRBC podcast. Part of it. Turner Row Bible Chapel is located in Windsor, it, so Ontario. Thank you for Canada. doing you can this work online and also at thank TRBC. you again for coming on with us today. We hope that this has helped encourage and equip you. In Happy your to do it. Place. Happy to be here. Thank you for the opportunity to share a little bit about about my book. No small, no little places. Uh, pour yourself into a small church.